Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 484 and session number 149 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single week, and I am fired up again to do it once again. So we are going to do it again today. We're going to have that cup of coffee together, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, business and life, and we're going to talk about all of it. The main things I'm going to be talking about, the questions that I'm going to be answering today are website types and uh, which ones are the best for sales, especially when I'm trying to get sales on Amazon. Also going to be talking about negative feedback and uh, what we should do with that. And then also deleting product listings or as the uh, the question was asked, how to kill them, how to kill those listings. Um, so we're going to talk about those today as well. I did want to remind you guys, if you wanted to ask your own question on an upcoming Ask Scott session, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and uh, you can do that. And uh, just leave a, a brief question, but then also give me your name and maybe where you're tuning in from. That would be pretty awesome. All right. Now, uh, before we get started, I have to I have to let you in on a, a little something here. Um, right now, as I'm standing here at my desk, I'm I'm standing. I always stand at my desk for the most part, uh, and uh, it usually feels pretty good. Today, it's a it's a little it's a little sore to be honest with you. Uh, I started softball uh, last week, and uh, the reason why I'm telling you this is because well, number one, I think if you uh, if you are ever the type of person, especially like us entrepreneurs, and we are constantly just busy and you know we want to create this lifestyle business, which is awesome, but once you are your own boss, here's a little little secret, guys, or a little, a little inside uh, thought here on being an entrepreneur. Uh, a lot of times, it's hard to shut it off. It's hard to turn it off. So I decided this year, you know what? I've been here about a year and a half. Uh, I'm going to get into a softball league. I haven't played softball in about, well, probably 12 years. The last time I played any baseball was really coaching my son's team. And that was a lot of fun and I loved it. And I, I miss being around the game. But now I said, you know what? I think I'm going to get involved. So here they have a, uh, a league. I started reaching out. I was actually going to take it amongst myself and build my own team. And uh, I actually found someone that was already building a team. So I decided to jump on that team. And that's what we're we're doing right now. We're getting ready. We had our first practice. And I just have to be honest, I'm sore. I'm really sore from swinging the bat and throwing the ball. My shoulder's a little sore. But uh, again, the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because if you are like having a tough time turning it off, figure out something that you have fun with, that you have to only focus on that. I got to be honest, I was not thinking about Amazon business or the podcast or anything other than I needed to survive out there on that softball field. And, uh, and I was having a lot of fun, you know, meeting some new guys and, uh, you know, I'm again, I'm new here a year and a half. I've been here meeting some new guys. That's kind of why I wanted to do it too. I wanted to meet new people and be introduced to people and just be able to turn it off for an hour and a half or two hours. So again, just a little, a little side note there. I just wanted to kind of throw that at you and just get you thinking, you know, is there something that you could do to maybe turn it off? And, you know, honestly, it gets your creative juices flowing after that too, because you feel a little bit more refreshed. You're having fun. It's always good to have a little fun, right? So definitely consider it. Just if you are, make sure that you stretch really good before you do any type of, uh, any type of sport 
out there. Please do that. Do that for me. I wish I would have stretched a little bit more. Um, I'll keep you posted on that too and let, let you know how we're doing. Um, all right. So the one thing I wanted to also share with you before we jump into today's first question, you guys always know, I always like to give you my thoughts of the week and this week it was like my back pain. But other than that, um, I did want to talk about an email that I wrote because this actually happened. And you know, this past week was a little bit of a bad week. It could have been a really bad week for me personally in business. Uh, it, it could have been, you know, if I allowed it to be. And I think that's, a, you know, one of the things to think about too, is like, what are you allowing to bring you down? Like everything that happens to us is pretty much in control of, you know, us. We can, we can determine if it affects us or not, or we can deal with it. Right. And that's really what we're doing. We're dealing with certain situations and certain issues, whether it's life or business or whatever. But this past week was a little rough for us. And I, I'll get to that in a minute, but what really kind of inspired me to write the email was my 10-year-old daughter, uh, Kayla. And you guys know that our longtime listeners, I have a 10-year-old daughter. I've got also a 19-year-old son who soon, soon will be 20, and then a 22-year-old daughter. And my 10-year-old really taught me a lesson the other day. Uh, you know, she got home from school, and uh, you, know, you know how kids are. They're, they're getting on you as soon as you, you know, as soon as they can, they're like, you know, Hey, I want to do this. And, and can, can we do this? And I mean, it's, I mean, if you want to go to the movies, they're, they're going to want to go to the movies. They're going to, they're going to sell you. I've always said, you can learn a lot from a kid because they are a salesman. They don't even know it. They're always selling you, right? Can we do this? No, we can't. Why, why can't we, uh, we, you know, if we go here, it'll be, you know, it'll be enough time. And if we, oh, you don't have enough money. I'll go out and I'll rake the lawn. Like there's all, they're always coming up with a solution to your, you know, your reason why not to do it. Right. So she comes home from school and you know, the weather's getting a little bit nicer. Our pool is finally finished. So we have a hot tub that's in it as well. And, uh, we've been in it a couple of times and you know, she's, she's on me. She's like, you know, can, can we go in the hot tub tonight? I really want to go dad. Can, can we go? You know, it'd be really a lot of fun. And, and I'm like, no, no, Kayla, I don't think tonight. You know, and we had other things going on. She had her volleyball. She's got piano that night. So it's really busy. And I'm just, honestly, I wasn't in the mood, just was not in the mood. So and I try not to be like that, but it, you know, that week kind of was taking a little bit of a toll on me. And I'll tell you what happened in here in a second. But so, you know, she kept working me and kept working me and, uh, you know, she had an answer for everything, you know, and there were good answers. And then she made me think, you know, what's it, what's it going to be? You know, like you're going to make your daughter happy, spend some quality time. Once you get in the tub with her, once you're hanging out, you're laughing, you're going to be glad that you did. Right. So long story short, she sold me. <laughs> we spent the evening in the hot tub. We had fun. Uh, it was great. Right. And it felt good. You know, and I think I, the week before that I was playing some more softball with my son trying to get ready and I was sore. So it felt good. Right. Glad I was in there and I'm glad she sold me on the idea. All right. But the bottom line is sometimes, you know, that week it, or that day or whatever feels really bad. And sometimes we just have to we just have to go with it. Right. And our kids, and the reason why I'm using, you know, my daughter here to, to create this example is, you know, she didn't give up, right. She didn't give up. I was ready to give up right for a second there, but she didn't give up on what she wanted. So what I want you guys to take away is if you want something bad enough, you're going to get it. Like you are going to find a way you are going to sell yourself to get it. And that doesn't mean you have to sell yourself for that sale. It just might be you're selling yourself, even your own self. You might be convincing yourself that, you know what, this isn't as bad as it could be, right? 
And I always try to do that anyway. I'll try to reverse it. Like, you know, yeah, this seems really bad, but I could have like, you know, lost my arm, you know, or I could have, uh, you know, I could have had something really bad happen to me. Like, this isn't bad. Like, and, I, and I've got control over this. So the reason why I had that bad week was because inside of our new brand, we were just, we were battling every single day, it seemed. Um, we ran out of inventory uh, recently. Okay. So the big one was we we're completely out of stock on most of our SKUs. Okay. Now we're slowly starting to get them back, but we were out. Right. And we were coming off of a really high fourth quarter and a high January, you know? So even when people are saying their sales were down, we were up. So we were at a hundred grand in December. And then in January, we were at like 78, I think it was, was our final number. And that was only because we were running out of inventory. We probably would have did over a hundred in January. So it was a bummer, right? That was a little bit of a letdown. And let me just tell you, when you first want to get to 10 sales a day and you get there, you don't want to go to five. It's kind of feels like you're defeated if you went to five. Once you get to 20, then you don't want to go back to 10. Once you get to 50, you don't want to go back to 25. So all of a sudden your, your new, your new low is really used to be your high. And it's kind of hard to get out of that mindset now. It's a good thing. It drives us, but it also can be a little bit deflating. Now, that isn't the reason why I even felt like that week, you know, was that bad. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. But it was there, you know. The second thing was, is, you know, out of those two, we had two listings out of all of those, but we had two of them that were hijacked. So we had to deal with hijackers, getting them off of our listings, okay, Which which for the most part, we did. Cease and desist letter. Uh, contacting them, contacting, uh, actually contacted uh, Ted Limus, uh, you know, our attorney uh, that helped us with this. Like, so, you know, but actually it was funny, the cease and desist seemed to work on all of them. So I didn't even have to really have the attorney letter get, you know, drawn up or anything like that. So that stuff was happening pretty regularly. And I, I, I think there, there probably is, there's gotta be a software out there that picks up on um, really good selling products. And then they hijack it with a higher price. You've, you've probably seen this, or if you haven't, you may, if you run out of inventory and those are, to me, they aren't as bad as a hijacker that comes in and underbids you, but it's kind of like you run out of inventory, you were selling it for 20 or 25 bucks and they come in and they're going to sell it for 39 99. And it's going to take six weeks to get there. Sometimes they'll they'll just wait for you to get back in stock. They'll buy yours and then they'll ship it to the people that bought it, which is is really kind of sleazy. But that's what's happening. So we had to deal with that. It was it was it was annoying, you know. And it was a it just did we didn't want to deal with it, right? But I'm dealing with that. And then we also noticed that there's a couple new competitors coming in the space, and we're out of inventory. So we're like, oh my gosh. Well, not even me, but my my, my partner was like, you know, oh my gosh, we're gonna you know we're losing the sales, and they're gonna start taking over the sales. I'm like, no, no, they're not. And actually, I created a YouTube video this past week talking about like the history. I mean, we've got a good history. So once you have a good history with a good selling product, and you went out of inventory on a good conversion rate, you're gonna usually get back there without a lot of effort because Amazon remembers that. But anyway, these things are all happening. They're all happening. But here's the deal, okay? And this is the positive to all of this. We never gave up, okay? Never even crossed our mind, okay? It it just never crossed our mind, at least mine, (laughs) you know? And it actually makes you want to try harder. It's almost like a slap in the face sometimes or a bucket of cold water where you're like, well, wait a minute here. Don't get comfortable. Like, don't get comfortable. Don't get lazy. You've got to keep... You got to keep adding products. You got to keep optimizing. You got to keep, you know, creating better content. You got to keep building that email list, like all of that stuff. Plus all the lessons that were learned throughout these issues. Okay. So for us, 
it, it there was some positive to it, but it's, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and deny it. it. It was a little bit of a letdown. It was a little, ah, oh, I got to deal with this. And then I got my daughter coming home all happy and ready to go. And she's like, let's go in a hot tub. Tonight. And I'm like, ah, oh. and I wanted to put on that face of like, everything's cool, but it was still in the back of my mind. But you know, her as a, as her, as her father, you know, and her mother, you know, we, we don't give up, right? She's just going to keep pressing it. And she did. And again, she did it in a sweet way. She's not like a brat. She's like, you know, just she's creating um, the solutions to me, giving her the reasons why, why not. Right. And she did a great job. Um, and I told her I wrote the email about her and she thought that was pretty cool. Um, but anyway, this went on a little bit longer than I wanted to. But you guys know on Fridays, I like to uh, I like to give you a little bit of what's swirling around in my head. And hopefully you can relate to that. I sent that email out and I shared that story and I had a bunch of people email me back and just say, Scott, that's so hit home for me. Thanks for sharing that. So just wanted to share it with you guys. Hopefully it'll help you, but, uh, we should probably get on with some, uh, with some questions, right? Let's, uh, let's uh, get ready to do that before I do. Let me remind you of the show notes as well. The amazing forward slash four eighty four, And that will give you all the links, show notes, transcripts, all that all that fun stuff will be over there as well. All right, guys. So uh, let's get ready to rock and roll. Rock and roll here. Let's get ready to rock and roll here. What do you say? Let's um, let's do this. Hi, Scott. How you doing? Uh, my name is Graham. I'm calling from Antigua in the Caribbean. I've been listening to the show for about a year now and really enjoy it. Get a lot of useful tips and things out of it. So thank you for keep putting them out there. Um, I'm currently selling on the US and UK Amazon platforms and I'm looking at building my own website. Well, I'm in the process of building my own website and I'm looking at um, different shopping carts and how we can link those to Amazon because I want to be able to continue using Amazon FBA and Amazon Fulfillment. And I was just wondering whether you had any thoughts or know which is the best e-commerce platform to use. I've looked up Shopify and while Shopify gets a lot of good reviews as a e-commerce shop, that when it links it to Amazon, um, it didn't have great reviews. I've also looked up WooCommerce um, that has an Amazon extension, but I couldn't find any really reviews on it. So I was just wondering whether you have your own websites, you link to Amazon at all to fulfill products or what you can offer in terms of advice and things. Really appreciate it. And hopefully I'll hear myself on the podcast soon. Thank you. Hey, Graham, thank you so much for the question. And uh, yeah, this is a good question. And uh, I have been asked this question quite often. And it really comes down to this, though. I think you need to ask yourself, what is your intentions for that, uh, you know, that that platform that you want to use? Because, you know, really Shopify is technically a platform that you are building a website on that can, you know, basically sell your product, right? Uh, same thing with WooCommerce. You're taking a WordPress blog and there's other, there's other extensions out there or plugins that can allow you to, uh, to make that transaction. But from what I heard you say is that you want to drive traffic to Amazon, Okay. And the other question I would ask, and this is for anyone that's thinking about this, how many product SKUs do you have? Like, and how many do you think this brand will have? Uh, because that could also determine on what one you would want to go with. Um, I, myself personally, I would say pick one that you're most comfortable with. You know, if you want to build something on Shopify, fine. That doesn't mean everything has to be built on Shopify either. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize you can do a subdomain which could be like shop dot 
whatever, you know, xyz.com. Like that could be your subdomain and your main domain could just be a blog or a WordPress blog or a website that just explains more about your, your, uh, you know, your business and content and all that stuff. And then once they clicked on your shop, they would go to your subdomain. So that can, that can happen as well. But if you are looking to drive traffic from your, from your blog or from your website or from your e-commerce, I'm doing air quotes, your e-commerce store, um, then you can use anything. Really, uh, click funnels will work. Uh, you know, click funnels, you can build all of your pages inside of there. And actually there, you'd probably have even more control as far as funnels and all that stuff. But again, you can still do that and connect it over to a Shopify store after the fact. Uh, but I don't think that you should really worry too much about what is the best platform, uh, as far as like what it's going to do, especially if you are, if you're looking to just drive that traffic and, and send it over to Amazon anyway. Uh, you know, I, I mean, with good SEO, search engine optimization, all of them will will pretty much uh, allow you to be found on Google. I think that's something to consider when you're building your own website. Uh, but if you're looking at just taking traffic, paid traffic, whatever, and driving it to your website because you want to do that versus driving it directly to Amazon, which I think is smart, uh, then use use whatever you're more, most comfortable with. Uh, like I said, those are the ones that uh, that I would say. There's three of them there, right? There's Shopify. There's WordPress with WooCommerce, and then there's uh, ClickFunnels, you know, and I've seen plenty of them built on ClickFunnels. We actually have one that we, uh, that we have in the new brand that we've built a little mini, kind of like a little mini e-commerce store for our products that they do. They'll link over to Amazon. And we also have it where it'll link over to a one-click upsell. So that gives you a little bit more uh, you know, options as far as like when you are driving that traffic. But if all you're doing is driving your three products that you have, you're driving that traffic over to, you know, you're having an Amazon button on your page. And that's the other thing too. If you are just driving the traffic from your website and you want to just point it to your listing, use the Amazon button. Uh, that's a little conversion trick for you guys, because if you just put a buy now button, people think that they're buying it on your store. There's a lot more social proof generally if you put the Amazon button there. Uh, and then this way here, they know they're going to be purchasing it on Amazon. It gives you a little bit of that social proof. Um, but again, if you want to not do that and just have your sales in your own shopping cart, then you would just put in there add to cart or buy now, something like that. But I, I wouldn't stress, I wouldn't stress about that unless you are saying like, I'm going to be having 150 SKUs. Um, I want to be able to build out all of these with their own separate reviews on my own platform and all that stuff. But if you're just driving that traffic over to your Amazon listing, uh, or even just fulfilling it through a third party, uh, you know, again, it doesn't really matter at that point. All you're doing there is you're just switching where you're pointing the traffic, uh, at, at that point. So I wouldn't worry about it. I would just pick something that you are comfortable with, but also that you can grow with. And I think all three of them you can grow with. I really do. Shopify is the big one out there, right? That's the one that is is the biggest, I think, uh, as far as e-commerce, like building a website and then having a shopping cart all integrated. But you can do the same thing with WordPress and WooCommerce. And there's other ones out there that would connect as a plugin. Uh, and then from there, ClickFunnels is another option uh, there for you as well. So hopefully this helped you or anyone else that's listening that's thinking about that. The main thing is 
just pick something that you are comfortable with, that you feel is, is something that you're going to be able to grow with. And so that you don't have to switch things right later. And then just keep it simple. I think in the beginning, don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple, keep it clean. And I think you'll do fine. All right. So hopefully this helped you. Let me know how you're uh, making out after you uh, listen to this. I'd really like to follow up and see uh, how things are going. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, love the podcast. Keep up the good work. I don't know why I'm doing this accent, but anyway, um, I've been looking around your resources. I can't seem to find any template to do with contacting a buyer after they've left negative feedback on the seller feedback. So I got it removed instantly just by telling Amazon uh, that it was talking about the product. And then I was thinking, should I now contact the reviewer and ask them how I can make this better? Because now I'm kind of in between things where if they're not willing to listen to me, so then they'll see that that feedback has been removed and maybe, you know, then I risk getting a bad review on my actual product listing. Or should I just let it be and then just see what happens? Uh, but if you do have any kind of like template for that email, uh, that would be pretty cool to check out. I'm going to, uh, yeah, look, I don't, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to find out if uh, you answer this question. But anyway, look forward to hearing an answer. Hey, Daniel, thank you so much for the question. And thanks so much for that attempt at, I don't know, maybe, maybe that was your Southern accent. I don't know. Uh, it, it was something, um, but I think you have a, a natural accent. So stick with that one. I think that one's a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> nice. All right. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, and this is about feedback and reviews. And some people don't realize that, uh, if you have, well, first off, let me do this first. Anyone that is newer in this, in this Amazon game, there's two different types of reviews or feedback. Okay. You have your seller's account that you create, that you are going to be selling your products under. Okay. So that's your main account. That is your seller's feedback. That's how you did as a seller. All right. Now your products, those are independently reviewed. Okay. So, uh, if someone, if someone buys a product, they can leave you a seller's feedback on your overall seller's account. And they can sell, or I'm sorry, and they can leave you a review on a product. So they can actually leave it in two places, okay? Some people, they get confused and they'll leave the review on the seller's feedback. Well, the cool thing is, at least the time that I'm recording this, is if they include something inside of that seller's feedback that references something to do with the product that they weren't happy with, you can have that removed. Okay. Because Amazon wants the seller's feedback to only be about the sellers, uh, as far as how they handle things, the customer service, um, how responsive, like all of those things, they don't want anything on there about a product. The product reviews are there for that purpose. Okay. So nine out of 10 times that will get removed. Okay. The other cool thing is if there was a shipping problem, with, uh, with an item and they leave that over your, your customer leaves that over on your seller's feedback. Amazon will automatically cross that out and they won't even count that. Now it may show there as you know, them leaving that feedback, but it will show also anyone reading that, that that was Amazon's mistake and they will make, make them aware of that. And it won't have any negative effect on your seller's feedback because that's the other thing we need to understand is 
Our seller's feedback is pretty important because as we build our account, as we get history, as we season that account, okay, and, and, and we're getting this reputation in a sense from Amazon, they're looking at how we're doing. That will also help us in the future for when we're launching new products, okay, because we're getting more history with Amazon. They see what kind of seller they, we are. And then if someone's brand new that's coming in, they don't have a lot of history. They're not going to get as much of a bump, in my opinion, um, when they launch new products. Also, if they have negative feedback where they have like a three and a half star or a five or even a four star, um, that could be uh, you know, a negative strike against them versus us having a 4.75 to a five, we have a better seller's rating. And also they'll take into consideration how many feedback did we get? Do we have a thousand or do we have two, right? So that all comes into it. So it is important that you pay attention to that. And if someone does leave a product review on your feedback, I advise getting it removed. Okay. Now to answer your question, can you follow up with them? The answer is yes, you can. Um, should you? You can. Um, I don't necessarily think that you have to sit there and dwell on it um, because a lot of times it'll just get removed, right? And then it's done. Now, if there is something that you want to pick their brain about and you wanted to figure out more, then yes, you can contact that, that buyer. Um, now, on the product review side, I definitely think that you should because that's public, right? So if someone leaves a review on your item, a three-star, a two-star, a one-star, whatever, I believe that it's in your best interest to comment back to them, okay? And that will let them know that I'm here to help you. I want to make sure that you're happy, all right? And then it's also going to show people that are uh, scrolling through the reviews, see that you've commented. So, so the company that they're thinking about doing business with has commented. They're staying, uh, you know, in contact with their buyers, all right, with their customers. So that looks good. It also will let the people that are reading it see maybe this person that's leaving this review is just kind of, you know, they're they're just kind of really hard to to uh, to accommodate. You know, they're they're really hard to please. And you're doing your best as a seller to do it. And then people are like, oh yeah, it's one of those. I mean, I know I've done that. I'm like, I'll be reading and I'll be like, why is that person, doesn't that person read? It says round and they thought it was square. Like, come on. Like, so that doesn't make me not want to buy it. And then I see that the seller went in and they commented and I'm like, see, they're, they're trying. There's nothing they're going to do to please that person. I know, you know, personally that it, that person is just hard to get along with type of thing. So definitely yes on the review side of things, the feedback, eh if you want to, but I don't think I would really stress too much. And as far as them seeing that it got removed, I don't really think they're going to pay attention, but if they did, then you can deal with it. I think there's more things in your business you could be focusing on than that. Okay. That's my honest opinion on that. All right. So I would just focus on other, other things, focus on getting more, you know, happy customers. And that could be just making sure that you're following up with people, making sure that you have a good follow-up sequence, making sure that if you get any, any questions, you're answering them in a timely manner. So just that stuff, that's what I would focus on. All right. And as far as like a template, do I have, uh, not really, uh, you know, just again, everyone is going to be a little bit different. So you just have to address the concerns and, and, you know, the issues and then just try to, you know, try to reply to them the best you can. That's, uh, that's my advice. All right. So hopefully that, uh, that helped you and anyone else listening. All right. Focus on feedback for sure though. I mean, you want good feedback. That just means make sure that you reply. A lot of that there is for you guys communicating back. A lot of times people will get annoyed because they asked a question and four days goes by and you didn't answer them. And now they're, they're upset. Just answer them. Make sure that you're always checking that uh, that inbox there um, at least once a day. 
Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to the last question of today. We'll wrap this baby up. You guys can get on with your day and we can get out of here. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Scott, this is John Paul from San Francisco. And I started listening to you last fall and have been super inspired with, uh, with what you're doing. So keep it up. Um, my question is around adding products, um, editing listings and, and killing a listing. Um, if that's possible. So I think the, the root question is who owns the listing? Um, for example, I know someone who has a, a super unique product that they themselves, the product um, uh, or original vendor, never published to Amazon. And so not surprisingly, somebody bought a bunch of um, the product and created the listing. So uh, retail art. Um, so now they don't own the listing. Um, and interestingly, the, the, uh, the other seller is gone and there's nobody selling the product, but the listing is still discoverable. Um, and they applied for brand registry. They've got trademark, um, but they haven't had much luck. Um, and one of the problems is that this was V1 of the product. And so the reviews aren't great. It's like, two and a half stars. Um, and so I think they should start with a fresh listing, but I'm not sure if this is possible. Um, can they start a new listing? So my questions include what drives a listing? Um, is it the UPC? Can somebody, can anybody update a listing? Um, even if you don't, even if you aren't the brand owner or the original um, uh, lister, and um, would a if it is the UPC that drives the uh, listing, um, would updating the UPC allow for a, n- a new ASIN? Um, and then how do, how do you kill or how can you kill a listing? So anyways, that's a lot. But I thought it was a question you would uh, enjoy chewing through. And I'm really curious to uh, hear your thoughts. So any advice for managing this? Um, if uh, changing the UPC is not an option is also appreciated. Uh, they've got a fair amount of inventory uh, under the current UPC. So I don't know if there's a way to um, kind of clean up the listing that's there or kill it and start fresh. Appreciate it. Keep it up. Uh, thanks again. This is John Paul from San Francisco. Hey, John Paul, thank you so much for the question. And thanks so much for being a listener uh, a longtime listener, and uh, I appreciate you, man. I do. Uh, and I want to thank you also for asking this question because I don't think I've ever answered this on uh, on a podcast episode. So this is going to be good. And I actually did a little bit of research before I got on here because I wanted to actually read what Amazon says um, because this can be a little a little tricky, a little sticky, and it might actually even require you to you know reach out to customer service, seller support, and uh, and see what they say. Uh, and again, I would probably ask two or three of them because you're always going to get a different answer, but I'll, I'll give you what they say inside of here. But before I do that, I did want to address a couple things that you had said that stood out to me. Number one was that the listing was created because someone else bought them and then listed them because there, there wasn't a current listing. So that does have the UPC, um, code. So that does kind of like make that listing live and active, right? Or at least someone could list on it if they had some. So if someone had a retail ARB, they could go ahead and they could they could sell it. If I had a 10 of them, I could go list it on that listing. Who owns that listing? Amazon owns that listing, okay? Whenever we add a product listing to the catalog, 
Now, all of a sudden, it becomes their listing. That doesn't mean it's their product. It means it's their listing, okay? So because of that, if someone else comes in and they are saying that it's the same brand, it's the same UPC, there's nothing you're going to do about it as far as I know, okay? Now, it would probably take a little bit of back and forth with Amazon to talk about why you want that pulled down, it's a defective product, whatever, and then start over, but then you would definitely need a new UPC code unless they would override it, which I don't know, that would be a question for them, all right? Because again, once that UPC is created, it is, it's creating that unique item, okay, in the catalog. Now, you asked also, well, you've made some revisions, you've made some changes to this product, well, then I definitely wouldn't want to list it on that old one. So I would want to scrap that one, or I would just want to create a brand new listing and let that one just kind of fizzle out. Um, you still should be able to access that listing and change it up um, as far as like what it says and stuff. And you might even want to say there's a newer version, whatever. Um, but I would try to delete it. Okay. And uh, again, I'm going to leave, I'm going to read to you right now quickly, uh, closing a listing and then also deleting a product. All right. Um, and then you can decide what you want to do. But I think definitely if it's a revised version of this product, I would say you want a new listing. Okay. You don't want any of that negative stuff that came along with it unless you had, well, even if you had a whole bunch of reviews, like you said, I think it's a two and a half star. Ooh, that's going to take some, that's going to take a little work to get that back. Scrap it, right? Let's start over from scratch. And then you should have control of that listing. If you create the listing, and you are the one selling it, you have the buy box, all that stuff, you will be able to control that listing, okay? So that's what I would definitely do. If you didn't create that first one, I would create my own listing, okay? Now, I'm gonna read what they say here in their, um, their documentation. So close a listing. You can close a listing at any time up until the time it is purchased, okay? So now, if there's active inventory on there, you're not gonna be able to, you're not gonna be able to delete that, okay? Um, at least that I know of, okay? Um, this action does not remove the record from your inventory. The SKU and all listing information for the item are retained. Additionally, a listing can be relisted or reactivated at any time. There is no fee associated with closing a listing. And they give you three steps to doing this. One, on the inventory menu, select manage inventory. Two, on the manage inventory page, select the active status filter above the product list. And then three, Find the listing you want to close and select close listing from the drop down menu. Your listing should appear inactive within 24 hours. And then it has a yellow note here. This will close your listing automatically without confirmation. Okay. So that's what I got there for closing a listing. Now, deleting a product. When you delete a listing, the SKU and all the sales history and product information are permanently removed from your seller account. Therefore, you should delete a SKU and its listing information only if you are never going to sell that product in the future. Note, after you delete a SKU from your inventory, it may take up to 24 hours before the SKU is available for reuse, okay? And then to, to do that, it's two steps here, or three actually. One, on the inventory menu, select manage inventory. Two, find the listing you want to delete. For single listings, select delete product and listing from drop-down menu from the product you want to delete. For multiple listings, select the box to the left of the listing you want to delete and select delete product and listings from the action and selected drop down menu above the list. Okay. And then three, uh, click okay to delete or click cancel to keep the listing. Okay. I'll link this uh, resource that I'm looking at right now in the show notes to this episode. So this episode will be the amazing seller.com forward slash 484. I'll link up uh, this actual link that I'm looking at or the, this resource. So you can go ahead and uh, 
and check that out and read it for yourself, go through it, whatever. But that's what I took away, okay? So you can delete a product, you can close a listing, um, but again, if there's someone active on there right now, that's going to be harder because it's active, okay? And you didn't create the listing. So um, I would definitely uh, look into that and I would say start from scratch. That would be my advice. That's what I would wanna do moving forward. I wouldn't want any of that negative stuff on there um, and especially if you, this is a revised version, right? And I would even put in there like updated revised version or, you know, updated whatever, right? You want to let people know this is the new and improved, right? This is the better version. So that way there, if anybody had bought one of those in the past, um, they're going to know that this is the better version and, and why you might want to know all the changes and all that stuff. So anyway. That's what I would do. So the answer is yes, you probably can, but it will depend on if there's active sellers on there right now, that will make it harder. Um, and I would definitely go through the trademarking and uh, like I think you already did, but I would definitely get brand registry because brand registry is going to be even more important moving forward in uh, 2018 and beyond. And um, from there, that way it will make it harder for people to jump on that listing if they have a similar product or not even a similar, a product that they bought that they're going to do retail ARB um, in the future. It will probably make it where you can lock that listing. I know in some cases right now you can, um, but um, not in all cases. So anyway, hopefully that answered your question and gave you a little bit of um, a little bit of some uh, some action steps that you can do uh, moving forward here with that product. And, uh, and yeah, just start from scratch and just start building that thing. You might have to go over the old UPC if you've already printed it and just get a new UPC and then just create a new one. You might have to do that too. Um, so that might be another thing that you'll have to do. All right. So guys, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I know I went a little bit longer as usual. I try not to, but man, you know, in the beginning, I like to uh, kind of go through those thoughts that are, that are, uh, kind of racing through my head and hopefully you guys can relate and hopefully you guys can, uh, have a little takeaway there for the week. All right. So if you guys have any questions you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott session, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. The show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 484. And the last little, uh, little resource here I'll give for you guys, if you guys are brand spanking new, I would head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and I will walk you through the five steps, the five phases for choosing a product, sourcing a product, and then launching a product on Amazon and getting sales right out of the gate. So if you're interested in that, definitely go register for an upcoming workshop. All right, guys, so that's it. That's gonna wrap it up. Have an awesome, amazing weekend. And remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say it with a little bit of energy today. What do you say? Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.